Today on Unpacked. You're just a child. You're just seeing your dad get physical and aggressive with your mom. And one day he just turned around and he started hitting on me. It's all those things that happened. And um, I just tried to be a brave human being. The first time this comes up now. Mm. Was the intention to actually take your life? The intention was to end my life. Mm. Today's guest speaks to us about her journey with depression, mental health and her suicide attempt. Actress Nobuhe Mashasela's battle with depression and anxiety has been a long and challenging one, with her trying to take her own life twice. Fondly known as Mimi, she has been in the entertainment industry for 15 years, working in television, film and theatre, with her most famous role being that of Aggie on SABC2's award-winning soapy Seven Delan. Today, she gets real about her mental health challenges and her healing journey. This is her story. Let's unpack. Nobuke, thank you so much for joining us in studio and agreeing to have this conversation. Uh, being a public figure, I think it puts you more out there. What actually made you decide to speak openly about your journey? Thank you for having me. Um, it wasn't, I, I don't think I reached a point where I was like, okay, I am deciding. I had mm. just had enough of um, trying to maintain it and keep it under wraps because... Um, what do you mean maintain it? Maintain my mental health issues because mm. everybody, where, where I grew up in the township, it was always like, no, man, you're just seeking too much attention. There's nothing wrong with you. Everything is perfect. So I was trying to maintain it myself. Mm. And meantime, that was just doing more damage inside. Mm. Um, so I had just had enough and I thought, okay, I need help. I, I have to go and see someone. Um, I, I no longer have, <laughs> I don't know how to put it, I no longer have the skills mm. to maintain it. I need a professional help to, to try and get me back to, I need to find myself, basically. Mm. That's mm. where I was. So you've spoken out publicly. It's been out, um, you know, in media outlets, in the news outlets. Take us back to where that all began, you know, your first memory, your first experience that you're like, something is not okay. I think it was the situation at home. I was still very young. Then, um, obviously, there was domestic violence between mom and dad. Mm. I mean, that's a story that they will one day talk about. On, um, but I didn't realize how much it affected me. Mm. Um, and, and obviously, with domestic violence, you're, you're just a child. You're just seeing your dad get physical and aggressive with your mom. And one day he just turned around and he started hitting on me. Mm. And I think after that day, I was just not the same. Mm. I was just not the same. I may have not understood or I was not able to express um, to the next person what had happened, but I knew what happened to me that night was not okay for a child to experience. So it, it was at a very, very early age. Well, how old would you say you were at that I time? I think at the time I was around six, seven. Mm. Yeah, six, seven or eight around there. Um, yeah, it, it just didn't feel right. Like even if it, he didn't physically hit me, the fact that I had to watch him every night become this monster and mm. just spiral spiral out of control was just a nightmare, mm. yeah. So seeing as uh, you are aware that that was a turning point in your life, uh, what were the next events? Was it that the abuse continued? 
you know, as in a new direction and worsened after watching it happen to your mom? Um, mom left after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was her cutoff point. Yeah, the cutoff point was like, okay, I'm an adult, I can fend for myself, I can defend for myself, but you just hit my child. She left after, so we left dad. And things got better, obviously, because we moved out. Mm. Um, things got better. Um, so I was sexually abused as a kid. It's the first time this comes out now. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, I blocked it out, so... Um, they also didn't know at home. They only found out when I was like 30. I didn't know this was going to happen now. It's mm, okay. So it's... Can we get some tissue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all those things that mm. happened. And um, I just tried to be a brave human being. Mm. Um, I just tried to be a, hu- a brave human being mm. and and... The way it also came out at home, I think I was 30 years old, it came out in an argument mm. with my brother, so... Do you mean came out as in you speaking out about it? Yes. Or do you mean me speaking, you recalling what happened? Me speaking out about it because my brother and I grew up in separate households mm. and he always thought I was okay in that other household while he was suffering in the other one. I was like, no, <laughs> this is what happened. And it just came out in an argument because mm. we get like that with each other and it just... I, it, it was just the burst out and it mm. came out like that. So um, to get back to what you were saying, um, it, it got better because I didn't have to live with uh, a domestic violence situation, seeing it every day. We moved out, we lived somewhere else, but I was carrying all this play, pain inside and all this um, feelings of being ashamed and not being able to talk about mm. the fact that actually someone <laughs> tried... Can can we touch on that? And I think, um, obviously, you know, obviously for for you to be speaking out as you are, um, uh, I I understand the importance of somebody watching right now. That's like, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. Yeah, you know, and um, it being such a pivotal moment for you. I want to you know tread delicately, yes. but also to. Um, honor the moment for you, uh, if you allow, you know, yeah. it, it is the first time for those of us that are here, yeah. even hearing the story. Yeah. Um, and I think it's an important part of the story. Um, what Did this take place while the abuse was taking place at dad's home? Um, do you recall who the person was? Yeah, I do recall. Um, it did take place when Mum obviously left and she was still sorting things out um, of where we're going to live and all of that. Um, At the crash that I used to go to, Mm. somehow I was always forgotten. Like they'd always forget to pick me up and I was still staying with dad's Mm. side of the family. And um, the caretaker... So dad's side of the family, not dad? Not dad, dad's side of the family. And the caretaker's um, son at the time who was... Um, an adult. I mean, he was 18 and above. Um, that's that's the person that did it. And it, it, yeah, the rest, I, I, I am speaking about it in therapy now yes. um, because obviously I've got to go back that far to fix. Mm. We don't, we can't just fix the top. We've got to mm. go to the root. So I have started speaking about it in therapy. Um, I just remember 
I remember the room, what it looks like. I remember the ceiling because obviously I was facing up. I remember those things, but I, I blocked out the rest. Mm. Um, so now I've got to unblock and try and find it and figure it out. Mm. So it's it's a lot. Mm. It's a lot, but I'm I'm grateful that I started with therapy and it's helping me with mm. that. And I think there's something empowering about naming something. Yeah. Giving it a name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it, it must be devastating and feel like you're being re-traumatized, having to relive it. Yeah. But um, I think, and I hope for you, that you get to own your own narrative. Yeah, and that's what I'm planning to do, to own my own narrative, because for so long, I just felt ashamed to talk about it. And you were a I just, yeah, I also didn't feel like, like, I didn't know how to explain it mm. to anybody. So I carried it with me all the time. Um the only person, obviously, without uh, besides my family finding out, um, the only person that I told was uh, my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him, um, I, and then after that, I never spoke about it. Even in telling him, I just told him I just never went into details and we just moved mm-hmm. on with our lives. Mm-hmm. So this time around, I honestly just want to change my story and just heal from inside because, yeah, it's, it's messed me up mentally a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. How did your brother respond? Because... I find a common theme, um, you know, I was having a discussion with my mom. Uh, She was watching some story about these two kids in the same home where they were all being abused, but none of them knew. They only found out much later as adults. And the abuser being um, the mother in the home, actually, you know, you sway them to secrecy. So every Mm -hmm. child thinks every other child had it better, but they were all suffering. So how did your brother respond when you shared with him what had happened to you? Um, I think because I come from a home where we don't talk about how you feel or any issues that you have. I think that's just a coping mechanism at at home. Um, He didn't say anything till this day you know Mm. um um but I could see in his face that he was sad Mm. and he was angry somewhat because he wasn't there to defend Mm. me Mm. and he's got his own issues as all that he's going but I could see like I say we really don't talk at home Mm. we just sweep under the carpet and we move on it's a coping mechanism it's not right so I'm 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 the one trying to break generational cycles here where I'm like, mm. guys, we must sit down and talk. Like, <laughs> I'm not okay. Let me know if you're not okay. So they think I'm a little extra at home, but they're trying to adjust to the mm. talking about things, which is which is really cool because I know that um, they're trying to support me, mm. um, especially with this whole therapy thing and just this whole healing journey. So, yeah. And how do you think they feel about the fact that uh, you're speaking openly because... Now you're speaking publicly and now indirectly the attention is also on them. How is that making them feel? Um, Have they said anything? Obviously with with, um, the sexual abuse at a younger age, it's the first time that I speak about it publicly. Um, I don't think that they they would feel any negativity. They would be very supportive. Um, they, they, I, my family is, well, my mom's side of the family, they're amazing because I grew up with them. So as much as they don't know how to communicate, mm. they, I know they will show me their support. Um, In as, the way that they yes, know how. Yes, yes. And yes. as for the depression and the anxiety, they don't quite understand, Guti, okay, girl, <laughs> what are you talking about? Because mm-hmm. you're happy. <laughs> you're the happiest person that we know in this family. I'm like, that's the thing about people that suffer from depression. We always want to 
appease those around us so that they don't see what's really going on. Mm -hmm. But they've been supportive thus far. Uh, my communication skills with my mom have gotten so much better since I said to her, listen, I need therapy and I need to go and sort this out, you know. Um, some days we still <laughs> argue a bit, but um, yeah, they, they are very supportive thus far. Do you at all feel unprotected, like you weren't protected as a child? Yeah, I do. And uh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that because when you are a kid, you know, we yeah. expect that that's the job of our parents. Yeah. And um, I, I can't imagine how hard that must have been for you. Yeah. And I hope that that forms part of your healing yeah. journey, you know. Yeah. Um, so you now um, are actually seeing the things that have contributed mm -hmm. to you feeling depressed. When was the first time you were able to put a name to it to say, I am depressed? I was in grade 12 or just after grade 12. Um, because I'd have these, ex I'd, I'd be extremely happy the one minute and the next minute I'm extremely sad. And I, I just couldn't understand what was happening with me. And it was just after grade 12. And I think I had a fight with a girl in school at the time. Mm. And literally I, I was so mad and I thought, cause she was so horrible to me and I was so mad. I went I went home that night and I tried to commit suicide mm. because I felt, okay, I am this. I am obviously yeah. the bullying. I am a big girl. I am everything that she said about me was right. So mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I'm also just going to end my life because I can't tell my, my family that I was sexually abused when I was younger. It's my fault that my parents separated because the fight was over who... Something that happened to you. Yeah, and, and, and also, like, my dad's side of the family wanted to keep me and my mom's side of the family wanted to keep me. To, like, it was just a clash. And I'm like, so if I'm not here, they wouldn't have separated. Mm. So I carried all of that as well. So it was just after my trig. And obviously, the suicide attempt was not successful. Um, and the following day when they took me to the doctor, I remember I said to the doctor, I'm just not okay inside. Mm. I don't know how to explain it to you. I don't know how to put it in words. But I go in a day, like I go from extreme happy to sad and mm. I'm just not okay inside. Mm. Yeah. What? How did you try to take your, your own life the first time? Overdose of pills. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Was there something, I know some people speak about that when they try to take their own lives and then it doesn't work, they're like, it must be a sign, I'm meant to be here. Did you have that moment or were you just like, but why? I, to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't understand what I was going through. Mm. I really didn't understand what, so I didn't have feelings of, but why, or maybe it's a sign that I need to be alive. I did not understand what was happening with me at all. I had no idea what was going on. I was just sad the following day also to see my family see me like that. Mm -hmm. that, that, was, that was all that was going through my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, fast forward to, you know, you've had a second suicide attempt and um, um, we'll actually get into the detail about the suicide attempts, but I think the main thing I wanted to understand is how that buildup happened and, and how you got to a point where you're like, wow. So I'm taking it that you, you putting a name to it 
was you telling the doctor I'm not okay? Yeah. And then you got help and somebody said you are. Yeah. Um, I got help after that. Um, I was diagnosed, obviously, with um, depression, clinical depression. They they gave me antidepressants at the time. Um, the biggest mistake that I did then, obviously, because I was young and I was not I, I was not aware of what I was going through, I stopped taking the pills. Mm. And that's they say that's not a good thing. You've got to gradually get off them. Mm. So I just stopped after a month because I didn't want to be dependent on these things. Mm. I just stopped and I thought, I'm just going to push it through on my own and see how far I get. I should be okay. Um, any sad moments or any downfalls or dark hours that I had, I had in my house. Closed curtains, closed everything. And that's how I literally lived my, my life almost Half of it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I managed it. But um, I obviously had a recent traumatic experience. Um, um, I lost a friend. I ended my relationship. <laughs> yeah, so that, that just triggered everything. And yeah, I, I, after that, I was just like, I need help. I just need help. I can't do it on my own anymore. Your first suicide attempt, what exactly was going through your mind at the time, I've heard of people say I was just numb. I wasn't thinking anything. Others say I was just playing things in my head. I just wanted to end everything. I just mm. felt like I'm a burden to everyone around me, to my friends and my family. I just wanted to end any, everything that was happening. Mm. And I felt like with me gone, it would be better. Better for everybody or better as in the pain for me will be over? Now that I know, I it definitely wouldn't have been better for everybody, mm. you know. I thought it would be better for everybody because I felt like I was a burden to my family and my friends. Um, I mean, you leave them with the pain and you leave them with the trauma of having taken your life. Um, at the time, obviously, I just wanted to end my pain too mm. and, and not live in, in, in this dark hole that I was in. And that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to end everything. So now um, you get treatment, you um, go off your medication because you don't want to be dependent, which is completely understandable. What is the build-up to the next suicide attempt and when was that? Um, it was still issues that I didn't deal with. Mm. Um, and also just growing up and encountering other traumatic incidences that I also, like I said, um, when we're speaking of ages now, that I've never dealt with any of my issues. I've never sat down and said, okay, this is what's happening. How do we deal with it? I just mm. block and move on, block and move on. So it all amounted and it just added on. It was just adding on into a package. And eventually I, I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Mm. There's so much to fix. I don't want to fix it. I don't have the energy. You don't I, know where to start. Yeah, like it's a lot. Cause mm. the, and I thought to myself, I must just end it. it, it I've got to stop. I literally have to stop. So talk me through... The second time, when was that? What happened? It was during a fight again mm. at the time with uh, my boyfriend. Well, ex now. I need to get used to this because it was also such an Take early breakup and it was 20 years. years. Yes, so I'm yes. like, where, where, where are we ex? Where, where are we again? Mm. Um, it, it was in a fight uh, with him and um, we were fighting like any other couple would fight. Mm. Um, we were arguing. He knew about... Um, issues that I had and we spoke about it and we always tried to to sort them out. But more than anything, your partner can only be supportive 
to some extent, you've got to fix yourself. You know, like they, they're not going to fix you. Um, we were in a car driving home and um, I literally jumped out of a moving car. Wow. Yeah. Was the intention to actually take your life or was the intention jumping out because you were just reacting to what was happening in that moment? Um, the intention was to end my life mm. because I, I, won't, I won't sit here and lie and say my partner was abusive physically. He wasn't. Mm. He wasn't at all. I just, I couldn't bear the argument we were in at the time and the mm. issues that we were facing in our relationship and I, I just wanted to end it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What was it about that particular argument that was so triggering that it triggered things that made you want to take your life again? He reminded me so much of my father. Mm. And in that argument, the things that he was saying, they took me back there in my head. Yeah, they just mm. took me there where, where dad was just not okay. He didn't fight for his family. He didn't fight for me and my mom and my brother. And he was beating up my mom all the time. So it took me that, that, mo that argument in that car took me, took me there in my head. Mm. And I just felt like I can't, I can't relive this again. Mm. I've got to let go. I've, I can't. I don't want to. I just want to die. Ooh. So that moment you jump out of a moving vehicle, yeah. what happened straight after that? Um, I remember when I jumped out, it was, it, the car was about to take off because we were at the traffic lights. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't on high speed. Um, just when it was about to take off, I opened the door. I mm -hmm. took off the seatbelt, I opened the door and I jumped out. Um, I don't remember what happened after that, obviously, I th I'm assuming he, he stopped. Obviously, he was freaked out. I remember waking up in hospital, when signing your hospital. I woke up there and my friends came in um, and he told me what had happened. So I was in hospital for a few days after that. Mm. Uh, because the car wasn't on high speed, um, I had bruises on, on my knees. Mm. I, think, I think I still do have them. Um, and I, I didn't have major injuries, though. Um, after that, I went to counseling when I was in, in hospital. Obviously, they called in a, a therapist to speak about what happened. Um, yeah, I think that was it. But still, even after that, I just never acknowledged what happened and I never wanted to talk about it. I just wanted to move on. Yeah. Do you think you are at a much better place the fact that you're able to even speak about the event because you're saying even then you didn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Are you sitting here with me thinking, I don't want to talk about it, but I have to? Or you're sitting here thinking, I'm okay to talk about it? I'm okay now to talk about it. Um, it's just a matter of having blocked out all the details of what happened because I don't want to see myself in that light. Mm. I don't want I didn't want to know or to see myself having been the person, the girl that jumped out of a moving car, mm. the girl that tried to kill herself. So, yeah, it, it, but I'm okay to talk about it now. And because I've started the process of, of healing mm. with uh, therapy, I'm okay to talk about a lot of things now. Mm. They still make me cry. <laughs> they still make me sad. But I'm proud that I got help mm. and, I, and I went to therapy because... 
huh, I don't think I'd be sitting here had I not. <laughs> yeah. Do you think with the different incidents that took place that the people around you got more aware and more educated or that it kind of made things worse? Um, it hasn't made them worse. They got more educated um, because at first, especially at home, they they didn't quite understand what was going on with me. They're like, why are you always sad? And then the next thing you're always happy. Like what's it? So now it, it's it's more, they are more um, informed with what's going on. And also with me going to therapy, I come back and I share what um, my homework is from therapy. Mm. And they're like, oh, so this is what's happening with mm. you. And then, okay, so this, this, is, this is real because, you know, in our communities, black communities, that is, we never talk about mental issues. It's always a... Uh-uh. It's I'll... almost like they don't exist. Mm-mm. Just stay there with your mm-hmm. issues. So um, it's opened a communication channel at home with my family that has been so amazing because now I can say when I'm not happy about something, I can say to my mom, listen, what you said the other day did not. So it's it's helped a lot. It really has helped a lot with my family. And with my friends, I mean... <clears throat> Obviously, we are a different generation. Mm. Um, we are aware of what's going on. We know about mental issues. But the support and the love has been so amazing. I don't know why I wanted to end my life. Like, mm. my friends are the dopest people I know and my family. So I would have missed out on all that love that I'm experiencing mm. now, you know. Mm. So it's been really, really amazing. What do you think the depression, the suicide attempt did to your long-term relationship? I doubted myself a lot. I didn't love myself enough. I wanted, it it ruined it, but I'm picking up the pieces now and building my long-term relationship with myself Mm. and and knowing, I lost myself. I I, I didn't know who I was anymore. So I'm finding who I am again. Mm. I'm loving myself and I'm just exploring and and just showing myself love and just not thinking that I'm the worst person alive, yeah. And I think sometimes when we have these kinds of discussions, we also forget the impact, hence I keep asking about the relationships around you, the impact that mm. depression has. You don't suffer alone. The moment, especially when you come out and speak about it, yeah. it has an impact on the people around you. Yeah, it, it has had an impact because the friends that I have now, I had in high school, and they also didn't quite understand what was happening with me at the time, you know. Um, Some friends I've lost now um, because I I suppose they could pick up something's not right and they just distance themselves from you or they just remove themselves. But um, I'm grateful um, for the ones that stayed and... and, It hasn't been all bad. Mm. Yeah, I can't say I can't sit here and say it's been like really, really, really bad in terms of the impact on on the other people. It's 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 been it's been okay, mm. and we can only grow from this point on. What is your current relationship with your father like? Non-existent. As as in he's still around, but there's yeah. no relationship at all. Yeah, he Does is. Does that include his family as well? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Did you find that um, you needed to um, cut them off as well because they were part of a bigger issue? Yeah. Okay, so it has nothing to do with the fact that you're cutting off dad's family um, because it just reminds you of him. 
Um, I just, I honestly just had to to cut them off because it reminded me of the issues. Mm. Um, but the challenging part now in therapy, they're saying I've got to revisit and mm. forgive so I can move on because mm. <laughs> I'm holding myself in trauma still. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Does forgiveness for you mean having a relationship again or just means forgiving and continuing as things are? At the moment, my number one priority is myself. So forgiveness for me is just forgiving and moving on peace, peacefully. Mm. Yeah. Has the dad tried to reach out? No. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I would have loved for him to reach out, but um, the last time I saw him, we didn't part well, so, yeah. Somebody at home is watching and they're thinking to, my, to themselves, when I hear about depression, people say therapy, they say medication, but they also say they're still dealing with it. I don't understand. Or for lining. <laughs> what do you say to that person? Because it can be confusing to the person yeah. that's never had to deal with it or know somebody who's dealing with it. Yeah. Um, look, the one thing that I, I can say, most of the time people think that um, there's no help. Once you've got depression, it's it's a wrap. Like, mm, you are, it. yeah. Like, you're better, why, why? And it's, that's, that's not true. There is help, therapy for one. Um, it helps to talk about it. Um, I'm I'm still in my early phase of therapy, so I don't think with mental issues there isn't a a a, a set date. You're good, okay. If we pattern two weeks or in any pattern, so poly, like it's a continuous journey. And um, going to therapy and talking about it and educating about yourself about what you are going through also helps. So it's a, I don't for, that's how I'm viewing it at least at the moment. There is no set date as to when will you get better. But I believe that one does get better by doing the work that one needs to do, mm. going to therapy and talking about it, and just showing yourself love. That's mm. what I'm experiencing now. I'm like, oh man, I love you. And I can, I can <laughs> see it, man. I, can, I, can, I, never, I never ever measure or assess by what I see online. But yeah. now that I'm with you in person, yeah. the energy is completely different. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a continuous journey. There's, there's, mm. But do know that there is help because I know people are scared to talk about it because they think, hey, there's no help. It means it's the end. And, and even with... Um, with the medication that not everybody has to go on medication. It depends what, where, where you are uh, in your stage of depression. Like, so that's why I say just seek the help so you can know your way forward. Mm. Yeah, your next step, sort of. But also for us to understand that it's not necessarily there's an end goal. You can have all the support you need, even the internal support, yeah. but it can be something you live with for the rest of so, your life. Yeah, it can, it can be that. And, and you have great days and then you have bad days, but don't stay too long on the bad days. Pull yourself mm. out. Like, if you must cry, cry. Mm. If you must, allow those days to happen, but the next day, get up and, and move. Mm -hmm. So today, in this moment, where are you in regards to uh, your depression? Um, I think I am just at a stage where... I am enjoying life and I'm just kinder with myself mm. um, because I, I feel like <sighs> I've, I put so much pressure on myself as well to be okay at a certain time. And I just need to remember that it's a journey and I, I need to 
allow the process to happen. Mm -hmm. So I am at a place where I'm able to talk about it now. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here and talking about it, and that's a good thing, you know. So I'm, that's where I am at the moment, to just share light of what I've gone through or am yeah. going through. Do you still have um, active thoughts about trying to take your own life? Do you still have those moments of, it would be so much better if I just wasn't here at all? No, not currently. Mm -hmm. And I hope I don't have them ever mm -hmm. again. I think you you are at a much better place and I think it's so great that you're sharing publicly. More and more people um, need to hear the stories, need to share their stories for us to destigmatize. De yes. Especially what you said about the fact that the, some of the homes we come from, things yeah. are not spoken about. Yeah. What would you like to share to the young person watching or the not so young person watching who is suffering in silence going through what you went through? Um, I would definitely want to share that um, you are worthy, you are enough, you are important and you deserve to be here as well. That's why you are here. Um, and please seek help. Just speak to someone like this can be this can be sorted out or we, just speak to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the, the, the moment you start speaking to somebody, it's it's the moment where you are freeing yourself mm. from being alone and silent about this. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, Nubuka, I mean, you've already uh, shared with some of the people at home um, that might be resonating with the things that you're sharing, mm -hmm. um, some advice for them. What would you say to the loved ones of people that need to support those you were speaking to earlier? Don't turn a blind eye. I think we are at a time in our lives where we cannot um, ignore that mental issues are there and people need to take care of themselves um, in terms of mental state. So don't turn a blind eye. If you see that your sibling or your partner, is their behavior has changed, mm. they sleep a lot because uh, sleeping a lot is part of... Um, uh, of depression is one of the symptoms. They sleep a lot and their behaviors change. Try and speak to them and find out what's going on. That thing, like, it's been highlighted everywhere now. We've got social media. People are talking about mental health and me mental issues. So people do know that it is out there. So it's not an excuse anymore to say, no, we're just going to go this way and not act like we know what's mm. going. Talk to them, find out what's happening, and just show love and support. It is so important. Even if they don't want to talk, don't give up. If I come to, to you today and I say, I see you're not okay and then you don't want to talk, no, don't give up. The next day, try again. Don't just let it go. Like, just if it means nagging them, nag them so that they, they are able to talk mm. and free themselves. Mm. Yeah. What do you wish your family had done or said to you and for you? <sighs> I wish they would have taken more notice of what was going on with me and not... Um, <laughs> I, I know it's their defense mechanism at home and not just talk, not want to talk about it, you know, because the first time that I, I tried the first attempt of suicide, the following day, we didn't speak about it. It was as if nothing happened. So that that time, after that day, I, I feel like they could have done more to just say, listen, you've just freaked all of us out. Mm. Let's talk. What's mm. going on? What are you going through? So that's the only thing I honestly feel they, they, they should have just reached out more. And then um, if dad is watching, what would you want him to know? I'm mad at him, but I want to fix it. Yeah, I would love to fix it. And if he <clears throat> wants to reach out, should he? 
not now. I am fixing myself, but at a later stage, because it's just a vulnerable state now, I, I would, yeah, I would appreciate it. I'm even getting emotional because it's like, it's very heavy. Yeah. I, I, can, I can feel how heavy it is for you. Yeah. And um, I, I have a dad, I have a father, and it's painful when we are not speaking for whatever reason. So, yeah. Hence, yeah. Um, I'm trying to see, and I, I hope in time everyone can heal. Yes. I hope in time, especially you. Yeah. Thank I hope you, you can heal. Thank, thank you. Thank you for talking to us. Um, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for, you know, we, we don't come to these conversations to say, we want to get an exclusive. We're just like, yes, we, yeah. we know the story. <laughs> yeah. We want to unpack the I story. Could, yeah. We want to unpack the Nobuche that we see on screen acting yeah. with the Nobuche who's actually dealing with real issues. Truth, but we yeah. also want to unpack um, a subject that is more common than we think it is. So yeah. thank you for being a part of that with us. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it as well. Chat with us on the socials, hashtag Unpacked with Rele And I'm sure those of you that you know and love as us, Mimi, would appreciate your messages of love and support. But please make sure you are also loving and supporting those around you. Let's stay kind. Let's be kind. We don't know the silent battles that people are walking around with. And if you are someone that is suffering, there is help. We always put up organizations' details at the end of the show, one of them being the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. There are toll-free hotlines. Help is available, especially if the people around you do not have the capacity or the know-how to support you. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope that this story inspires you to you know, help those around you and to be able to help yourself. Thank you for joining us. Good night. Next time on Unpacked. Um, about 10 minutes later, she came back and was like, Sadie Brown, you, are, you tested positive for HIV. Mm. If anyone has a problem with mm. my status, they should come to me. There are adults who wouldn't be able to face up to what you, they were trying to humiliate you and bully you. Unpacked with Rilebukhile Maboja. New episodes weekdays at 5.30pm on my YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe. Television edited broadcasts weekdays at 5pm. Open up to S3.